developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Joanna Shanks. I'm Emma Taylor. And this is Murder, She Spoke. Okay, Emma, give me your true crime chat. What have you been up to? I don't have a huge amount of true crime chat this week. I keep, I feel like I keep saying that. It's nonsense. I do listen to true crime stuff all the time. So you, you don't have much true crime chat? No, I don't have a huge amount. I do generally listen to kind of podcasts and like I said before, like YouTube during the day, but I've been working quite hard and I feel like my brain's not taking a huge amount. I've been re-listening to things that I already knew. Yeah. Um, What I have been enjoying is another YouTube channel, which if people are into the psychological aspects of crime, which I am obviously a lot and so are you, it's called Jim Can't Swim. I have no idea why it's called that, not at all. But he has, it's all American cases because in America you can get access to the interview videos of suspects. Mm -hmm. So some of these are like hours and hours long, these videos on YouTube. And he'll talk through the techniques that the police are using, detectives are using. He'll talk through things that the the suspect's doing. And it's really, really interesting. So, Oh my God, I want to see this. Yeah, it's really, really good. But it is like a deep dive, put a couple hours aside. Yeah, um, I'm all about that. Jim Can't Swim. Jim Can't Swim. I think it just comes up as JCS now. If you have a look. Oh, I'm all over this. Oh, he he's on Patreon as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um, the one that I listened to the other day and watched the other day is the case of Jodie Arias, who murdered her boyfriend, Travis Alexander. And she is incredibly manipulative and tries to essentially change the whole narrative around, get them to feel sorry for her. And it is amazing watching them just go through every lie that she's telling them and it's 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 honestly it's masterful and I love listening to his comments on it and even though I've I've got a lot of interest in psychology so some of the stuff I would have picked up myself there's other bits that I wouldn't have so that's really interesting so yeah I recommend Mm. that if anyone's looking for something to watch 
I am definitely going to check that out because that sounds amazing to me. Do you know what? It would be amazing. Obviously, it's not an American case, but I would be so interested for somebody to do something like that on Joanne Lee's. That would be so interesting because that whole that whole that whole case was just yeah. Um, oh, okay, that's interesting. I know what you mean though because it's I'm for cases where the person is especially manipulative or has a personality disorder, that kind of thing, where their their thinking is disordered or different in some way. That's that's why I find it really interesting. I know what you mean, though, because I feel like when I'm working, I can't fully listen. Um, I have to put too much attention on what I'm doing at work, so I tend to like something that's quite light something that I can kind of dip in and out of when I'm listening to, if you know what I mean. Like, I don't need to pay, like, really hard attention to all the facts. Otherwise, I just keep rewind, 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 because I just miss stuff. Um, So I typically like to listen to sort of light things while I work, things I don't need to pay too much attention to. Um, But I'm actually back on my true crime game now as well. Obviously, I had a bit of a I ate this over Christmas, which was deliberate, um, just for my mental health, my sanity. I felt like I just needed to have a complete break. So, um, you know, I watched like cheesy Christmas films and um, I watched all of the Sister Sister series like back to back on Netflix. Like literally, and it, like just stuff that was really light, not in depth, no kind of nothing heavy at all but now I'm just like hell yes give me all the true crime so I actually watched a program on channel 4 catch up um it was called catching a killer I don't know if you've seen it or if we've spoken about it before there was a couple of episodes yes I think I have seen this right so the one that I watched I'd seen the other one um but the one that I watched was a diary from the grave yes Mm-hmm. And it was about the the man who conned his way into people's lives and manipulated into the them into changing their wills. Oh my god! I know. Yeah, I really. The older guy that he said he was in a relationship with. Yeah. Yeah, was... and then there was the older woman as well. Yes, I mean, yeah, it was it was really really sad. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it was really really interesting. So, um, yeah, I I did enjoy that. I must say, and um. Emma, I've got to say, 24 Hours in Police Custody has got to be one of my favourite documentaries there is. I just absolutely love it. It's just, it's so good. It's so, so good. It's so interesting. It's so good. It's got um, a bit of the element of the gym can't swim with the watching the interviews and seeing how the police right. deal with them. It's got a little bit of that, I would say. Right. You know, you actually watch how they go through the system. You don't just see yeah. the end result and hear about the gory details of the crime, you actually hear, oh, that's interesting. They said such and such when we know that that can't possibly be true because of mm-hmm. DNA or, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting too. Yeah, it, I mean, it. yeah, I do really enjoy it. So um, I'm sort of catching up on um, the ones that are uh, available to watch because I've only ever sort of seen it sporadically over the years and um, I always thought they were sort of like just one-off programs. Didn't realize that they they run in series and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm just uh, sort of catching up with that. And also, I watched The Night Stalker on Netflix. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen it yet. No. Okay, so I put it on the other night. Um, Sean was busy doing something. This isn't the original Night Stalker. No, this is the Night Stalker. So the the original Night Stalker is hmm? the Golden State Killer. Yes. Yes, 
Yeah, he's the original Night Stalker. But this is the Night Stalker. So this is Richard Ramirez. So to be honest, I didn't really know anything about him. I definitely heard of him. And honestly, I know this is probably going to sound quite bad, but I don't know about you, Emma, but when there's a sort of high profile killer like the Golden State Killer or, you know, the Night Stalker or um, Ted Bundy or whatever, I kind of deliberately don't listen to those podcasts because there's always so many you know, like so everybody covers them. There's so many of them. They're they're done. So I think I'm the kind of person that thinks, well, when I do want to listen to that case, I'm going to do my research to find what's the best one to listen to or watch, if you know what I mean, rather than just consuming a bunch and hearing the same story rehashed, you know, a bunch of different times. So I didn't actually know much about the Night Stalker. Um, and I popped it on the other night. Sean was sitting fixing something. And um, I thought I'm going to put this on and I ended up watching it back to back. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, quite sickening and um, yeah, quite, quite scary, quite honestly, but um, really interesting. So I would recommend it. Do you like 999 What's Your Emergency? <laughs> so I, I know there's one now, but I'm pretty sure that also used to be the name of the old one with and it was like and the starting music went da, 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 and it, it was like the guy that was later on crime watch is it mike michael somebody yeah that was really the good this is, this is different this one yeah exactly the one you're talking yeah, about yeah so i actually think it, it, it had the same or really similar name but that's the one that i remember that i used to watch when i was younger um, but i haven't watched the one that's the new one so I loved that one. I loved the one when I was younger. I remember that. I totally forgot that even existed. No, this one is following uh, police forces from around the UK and the 999 calls that come in and then going out and investigating them, things like that. So it's it's probably an hour and you maybe get two or three individual stories. So they're not massively, massively in depth, but they do tell you how they end up. So at the end, there's like a little snapshot kind of thing. And some of them are pretty funny um you know some of them are ridiculous and then some of them are really sad and I feel like they do it quite well okay. um there was a really unfortunate and horrific one where a man um had for the first time ever uh sexually touched his daughter right and they dealt with it in a really really good way and thankfully he was uh convicted and he admitted it so it was difficult. He was obviously blurred out. You don't know the details of anyone, but you could see them interviewing him and him kind of breaking down, realizing what he'd done. Mm-hmm. He'd been he'd been drunk, so it was he claimed to not remember some of it. Right. And it was really messy. Uh, but then there's other ones that are uh, you know drunken arguments and silly things and people stealing stuff. You know you get to see how they have to deal with a lot of mental health crises as well. Yes. So really, really interesting. Um, and they were actually talking about the the um the circumstances in which there are teenagers having sexual contact with each other who they both might not be technically over the age of consent, but because of how complicated it is and how difficult it would be to prosecute, say, a 16-year-old having sex with a 14, a 15-year-old, say, mm-hmm. maybe there's a, you know, they're just a couple of months 
different in age. They've been boyfriend and girlfriend for years and the parents are concerned about them having sex. Technically, one of them's not of the age of consent, but mm-hmm. how do you prosecute that yeah. if, the, if the younger person's saying that they definitely consented? Yeah. So it's really, really tough. So they were they were saying that in a lot of circumstances, they just have to use their discretion and, and, and make a judgment call. Yeah. Which, which I found really interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, just, just to clarify that um, that program I was referring to was called it was just called nine nine nine. Yeah, nine nine nine. Yeah, that was it. That was it. And um, it was Michael Burke. So he he's the guy that did go on to present Crime Watch hashtag Bring Back Crime Watch. Um, apparently, it premiered in June nineteen ninety two on BBC One, and it ran until September two thousand and three. You can find that on YouTube. Uh, I'm tempted to go and have a look for it. Yeah, see if you find Honestly. any. Did they not have really cheesy reenactions? It did. So actually, the reason that this program sticks in my head is because <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can go and find it later. But I just remember this hilarious like reenactment which stuck in my head, and it was basically I'm sure it was terrible and it was a horrific injury, but the reenactment was just so ridiculous it stuck in my head. I think that's why I've always remembered the program. It was basically this guy who was on a bike. And he went like off the curb, and the the bike basically just fell apart. And this piece of the piece of the bike went piece of the bike went flying in the air, and obviously came down. And I think it might have like lodged in his head. Oh. Um, but the thing is that in the reenactment, it was like he turned around and it was like slow motion, and the thing was coming towards him, and he was like ah, you know, and the thing was just coming like flying towards his head, and it was so ridiculous. And I remember laughing so hard. God, it's like Final Destination style. Yeah, Final Destination yeah. <laughs> style. Totally ridiculous, like horrendous reenactment about this actually really tragic accident. And I just laughed my ass off. And that's why I think it's stuck in my head. <laughs> I'm going to have to go and look for it after this. fact, over 700 people have been killed by the hands of the police just this year alone. I'm Catherine Sheffield, host of the weekly podcast, A Few Bad Apples. Each week, I unravel true stories of victims whose lives have been affected by bad apple officers of the law. I bring this relevant conversation into the public spotlight because it's a way to provoke change and reform. Not all officers are bad, and in fact, I highlight a positive story at the end of every episode to balance the spectrum. A Few Bad Apples is available wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Anyway, we've been chatting for far too long. So tell me about your case this week, please. My case this week is actually a missing persons case. So it isn't that long and there isn't a huge amount of information. So yeah, it's not going to take that long. So actually not so bad that we had a bit of a chat. Um, The reason that I found out about this one is that he was last seen not far from here, uh, from where I live, which is in South Queensbury in Edinburgh. Uh, it's technically its own town, but it's pretty much a suburb of Edinburgh at this point. Everything's all been kind of... It is a suburb of Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, it's a suburb. So the case is that of a man called Gordon McLean. And when I found out a little bit more about him, I was surprised that I hadn't heard more about the case. Gordon is an award-winning screenwriter. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's he's um, he's won a BAFTA, actually. Holy shit. Mm, and he's a comic artist. So he's worked on TV, he's worked on films, he's worked on radio. And yeah, he's, he's done a whole bunch of stuff. He's got his own website. Accomplished. Very accomplished, yeah. He's also the co-founder of Trongate Publishing. Right. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like really pretty well-known guy um he was very active on social media he's uh he's got a twitter account under at scripted underscore rants and yeah so essentially what happened in december of 2019 gordon was 39 years old and on the 17th of december gordon had attended a party in greenock He made telephone contact with an acquaintance at that time, and that was the last that anyone actually heard from him. Okay, 17th of December 2019. 2019, and he was 39 years old at the time. So his parents and his family reported him missing on Boxing Day in 2019. So from the 17th to the 26th of December, he hadn't been in contact with anyone. Right. And did you say he was just in Greenock for a party or he didn't live he there? He was from Greenock. He oh, right. lived he lived in that area as well. Okay. They did manage to trace him on CCTV and presumably through his bank statements because it was found that on the 18th of December at around half eight in the morning, he was seen in Glasgow City Centre. Then at one of the train stations, Glasgow Central, and then he was known to travel to Edinburgh. He was briefly in Haymarket Station. So this is still on the 18th of December. Mm-hmm. And then he travelled on a train to Dalmeny Station, which mm-hmm. is at South Queensbury, where yeah. I live. Mm-hmm. And he was seen there at Dalmeny Station around about 3pm that day. So I'm guessing that would have been also by CCTV because I know there's CCTV there as well. Mm-hmm. He was alone. And he may have travelled on by public transport. The last known contact, as we've said, that he had with anyone was the telephone call while he was at a party in Greenock on the 17th. So. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Did you say he he was living in Greenock at the time? Yes. So why was he coming through to South Queensbury? That is one of the many questions I have. Sorry. Okay. No, 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 you're fine. Um, So on the last day 
that we know for sure that Gordon was alive and well. That was the 18th of December, where he's definitely on CCTV, both in Glasgow and Edinburgh and Dalmeny. He had released uh, online the first issue of his brand new comic series, which was titled Supermum. So that was released by Action Lab Entertainment. And if you go on his Twitter, the day before, 17th, the day that he was later on at the party, he tweeted, quote, tomorrow Supermum number one hits the shelves. If you see it, please consider picking it up. We've put so many hours into it and truly believe it's worth your time and money. End quote. Where so that? that was, he tweeted that on the 17th of December. Mm-hmm. And then the first issue was released on the 18th, which is the last day that we know he was mm-hmm. seen alive well. Mm-hmm. Alive and well. An article on the website Bleeding Cool tells how much the project meant to Gordon. So, quote, it was the most personal and emotion laden comic project I've ever worked on because of how it came to be. It was funded through money left to Gordon in his will by his late uncle, who was a big supporter of his work. Quote, my mother Jean was a big influence on the comic. A lot of story beats are a superhero spin on my memories of her, especially when she was pregnant with my little sister. I kept this a secret because I wanted it to be a surprise when I put issue one in her hand and revealed the truth. I never got the chance. Cancer took her just like it took my Uncle David. I know, sad. I've done everything I can to try and make this comic the best I possibly can because of the wonderful woman who brought me into the world and inspired so much a super mum and the kindly uncle who showed me such heartbreaking generosity and support in his final months. I hope I've done them both proud, end quote. So what I would say now, just before I go on and, and give a bit more information, the first thing that comes to my mind if you're not familiar with the area that I live in, South Queensferry is right next to the Fourth Road Bridge, which goes over the Firth of Forth. And unfortunately, many, many people commit suicide from there. So living here, it's a fact of life that there's um, that people travel here to take their lives, which is very, very sad. Um, so Sometimes when people are known to travel to South Queensferry and are never heard from again, the possibility that it is mental health related and that they've um, they've travelled here to complete suicide is, is one of the things that does spring to mind. There has been no indication from the family or from anywhere that I can see that Gordon was known to struggle with mental health issues and from my point of view, the fact that he'd also just released, you know, this this massive project and there was going to be other issues coming out. And um, his last communications as well seemed very forward thinking. I don't know. It's something it's something to bear in mind. But I just uh, wanted to point that out to anyone who's not familiar with South Queensferry and the, the connotations of someone travelling here and not being seen again. I think I just thought that was fair to point out. Mm hmm. So just for reference, Gordon is five foot ten with brown eyes, short brown hair and facial stubble. And he normally wears glasses. We've got a nice clear picture of him as well. He was last seen wearing a dark hooded jacket and a top with dark trousers and shoes. In a statement issued through Police Scotland, Gordon's father said, 
quote, for Gordon to go missing over the Christmas period was extremely difficult for the family. This is not something that Gordon has done before and we are becoming increasingly concerned about him. If anyone has information, no matter how small, please get in touch with the police as it could be vital in bringing Gordon home. I think that for me also echoes the the fact that they, you know, if if someone in my in my family who perhaps was struggling with mental health issues or um I was concerned about their welfare, if they went missing on the 17th and you know it it took until the 26th to report them as missing I, I, I don't know I, I just feel that if I was if I was concerned for someone's well-being it, I probably wouldn't have it wouldn't have left that long is that a fair thing to say or is that unfair I think it's I think it's a tough one because he's because of his age as well just just thinking you know if he's a writer if he lives on his own if he's got kind of his own life going on I could understand not being in a hurry to report somebody missing because you, you might just not know that they've planned to go somewhere or do something. Do you know what I mean? It, I guess it depends how often somebody is in touch or how well informed they keep you. If it was someone that I knew had mental health problems, I'd probably act much quicker. Uh, I probably wouldn't wait around just to see if they turned up. I would just report it because, you know, do it before you have time to talk yourself out of it kind of thing. But given the fact it was so close to Christmas as well, which you know can be a very difficult time for a lot of people, I would probably be more inclined to take action sooner. Because the thing is that if you involve the police, yeah, it might be a little bit embarrassing if the person's found and there was really no cause for alarm, but so what? Do you know what I mean that's what the police are there for? You know what I mean? Like you it it's not like, oh, you know, don't waste our time, don't bother us. Do you know what I mean? That's that's not right. And also the sooner that you contact them, the sooner they have the information they can actually do something about it. So I I guess it depends. Like, like I say, if he's if he's writing, it sounds like quite, he's got a lot going. He's got a busy life. You know, he's got a busy career. If he didn't have like a wife and family, for example, or you know, a, a, like a, a spouse and family, if he was just uh, sort of an independent guy, then I, I guess it'd be a hard one to to call. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a couple of other things I have been thinking about surrounding this Dalmeny train station. People were saying you could go onwards to travel. Right, okay. He's come from Glasgow area, so he's unlikely to be travelling back there or he wouldn't have come off at Edinburgh and then gone to Dalmeny. You could get a bus to Fife or Aberdeen, but then you would have been better just staying on the train because the train goes over the bridge mm-hmm. to the other side and that would take you any of those ways up. It would be a heck of a lot easier and quicker. From Dalmeny train station, the buses go into Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they go maybe to like Falkirk or other places, but then you wouldn't have got the train to Dalmeny. Mm. You would have got the train to any of those places from Haymarket. Haymarket is mm. one of Edinburgh's main train stations. It's a hub. It can take you anywhere in the UK from mm. Haymarket. So it's odd if he wasn't planning on coming to South Queensferry for something that he came there but then you know he could have been coming to meet someone because the other thing that kind of came to my mind is that I know for a fact there's CCTV on the bridge through hearing of other unfortunate stories of people who've gone there for the purpose of completing suicide Mm -hmm. 
I know that people have been spotted on the bridge. So I do know there is CCTV. However, he was dressed in really dark clothes with a hood up. So maybe there was someone matching that description, but they just couldn't Mm. verify that it was him. Mm. So those are the some of the things that had come to my mind. Additionally, when people do jump from the bridge, the majority of the time they are found, Mm. usually not immediately. Often it is immediately, but um, because... Because there is an inlet from the North Sea, there is motion and Mm. people do get swept away and found in other places. Mm. So it's very rare for someone not to turn up. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, from everything you've said, I I do think suicide. Just my... Gut feeling. Just the gut feeling, yeah. It's, you know, the fact that, like you were saying, the comic series was um written around his mum who he loved dearly who had died who never got to see the finished result of his work um you know his uncle who was very supportive of his work as well the the money it was funded from that um it's a week before christmas uh he's from greenock um i can't think what reason anybody would have to travel to dalmeny unless they have um, a family or a friend in the area. I, I can't imagine why anyone would need to travel from Greenock to Dalmeny. It'd be different if it was, say, Edinburgh City Centre, for example. Um, Dalmeny is a really specific place. And not appear to have any luggage with them either of any Exactly. Sort. And presumably this is a Sunday? If it was at a party on the 17th? So I just assumed that was a Saturday? No, oh. it wasn't. So the 17th was a Tuesday and... The 18th was a Wednesday, it was midweek. Okay, so 18th was a Wednesday. Um, yeah, so he's so he's come through the day after the party. He's been seen at three o'clock at Dalmeny. He doesn't have any luggage with him. He's not. Fr- he's very far from home because Greenock is on the sort of, it's on the West Coast. It's not, it's not near Glasgow. It's far out. It's quite far out. It's very far from Dalmeny. So gut feeling for me is that it's suicide. And I know that what you're saying, like, about not having a history of mental health issues. Um, that, I, that we know of. I mean, that we there, know there, of. Could, there could be. There just... could be. Not have, it hasn't been mentioned in any of the sources that you've seen. But from just my perspective, I feel that males' mental health is hidden like much much more commonly than female um, mental health problems and I think that truthfully I think you never know what's going on in someone's head unless they choose to tell you you know I I talk from experience because I know somebody who committed suicide and it you know it, it just blew me away I knew that she had some mental health problems but it, it just floored me when I found out. So I think that you never really know what's going on in someone's head. So I think it's, to me, gut feeling is that it's been suicide. But obviously there are other questions and yeah, things. I really, really hope that that is not the case. Um, he's mm. a super talented person. I would recommend anyone to go and have a look. His website is still up and running. It's gordymclean.wixsite.com. It'll be in the links. But the full 
comic book of Supermum has been released following his disappearance. Um, so Action Lab took the decision to release the full comic. I I would imagine out of respect for him. Mm. And it's, yeah, if you go and have a look at his Twitter, things are, you know, there's memes he's sharing, he's tweeting at people, he's retweeting people right up until the day before he vanished. And yeah, like you said, you don't know what's going on with people. Could be something, um, something happened. It could Maybe be, got some news. Yeah, it, it could be a whole bunch of things. Mm. Um, I think it was just for me, if, if they'd been saying so frequently when you do see disappearances, the police and or family members will say that they're concerned for someone's welfare or that they're a vulnerable individual mm. or, um, you know, they're concerned for them in some way or another. And that didn't happen. There haven't been any updates on the case that I have seen. There's very little if you Google it. Uh, a couple of his friends have tweeted saying, if you've seen Gordon McLean, can you let us know? So it really appears that there wasn't a lot of coverage for this. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, one That's to show out there. Let, well, make people aware of him and his experience and his work as well. Definitely. I think regardless of what has happened um, or where he is or where he's gone, it, it doesn't matter. He still needs to be found. Yeah. So regardless of whether he's alive and well and he's, you know, he's travelled on somewhere, you know, sort of taken off somewhere or whatever, um, he still needs to be found. Yeah, absolutely. To raise awareness of it, if someone knows something, um, the police would be glad to hear from you. You can contact Police Scotland via 101 in the UK and I have the incident number. It's 3388 of the 26th of December 2019. So fingers crossed that someone knows something, someone's seen him. Hopefully it's had amnesia and forgotten who he is or something. I would much prefer that to be the case. Um, but yeah. unfortunately that, that might not be. So Yeah. But I was just very surprised that he's such a well-known person and such an accomplished, well-known author, screenwriter. He's won a BAFTA and you know, he's really active on social media. He's just uh, about to have one is latest comic out and yeah poof gone crazy well that's quite two quite sad cases so I think I'll probably want to lift us up a little bit with uh, a a light-hearted true crime tidbit so here's a little uh, light-hearted crime related story for you so We all remember the conversation at the beginning of Pulp Fiction about how someone could potentially rob a bank using just a mobile phone. Where that was unconventional but clever, this attempt was both unique and completely stupid. A North Carolina teen named John Zuala held a banana under his shirt and entered a shop with the intention of robbing the place. (laughs) Zuala told shop staff that he was actually carrying a gun in his jacket and demanded money from the till. The shop's owner and a customer jumped Swala before things could escalate, dropping him to the ground and restraining him while waiting for police to arrive. Perhaps in an attempt to avoid being accused of being armed, Swala quickly ate the banana before police got there. The plan didn't work though, as officers took photos of the banana peel and Swala was charged with attempted armed robbery. How can you be charged with attempted armed robbery if you don't even have a weapon? Because I guess you can, well, you can be charged with armed robbery if it's a fake gun as well. Oh my God. 
That is yeah. amazing. I love that yeah. you tried to eat them. I love that you tried to eat the banana. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Oh my god! I, but also, right? So I, I, I'm just thinking. Can you imagine? Do you like take that from the home football, or like did he stop off and get the banana? Is he in? Is he in Morrison's going? Hmm. Which one of these looks most mm. gun-like? Like CCTV of him in a like a news agent with his hood up, like trying to avoid the CCTV cameras just by one single banana. <laughs> like not even a bunch, he just wants a single one, just like throws the money over the counter and like bolts out the door. You see him hesitating between a banana or a boomerang. He's like, oof, this is this tight. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least they caught him. He wasn't a slippery customer. Oh God, I knew you were gonna say he was gonna slip up or something like that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's good the police got him. You know, he didn't just try to make like a banana and split. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nice. You're not even laughing. I know it's bad. Know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing, though. There was a, there's a story that I need to find about someone in Scotland who tried to rob, a, I think it was a bookies with a cucumber. Really? Yeah, but I, do, I don't think he even pretended it was anything. <laughs> Literally <laughs> just a cucumber. Literally just a cucumber. But then again, we have had um, various meats used in threatening manners as well. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, then I don't know. Like, if you if you had like a you know a big sausage, you know that I feel like that could cause some damage. There'd be some weight in that. I find some big sausages very intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Murder She Spoke. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can contact us by email with a case suggestion. Our email address is info at murdershespoke.net. You can also reach out to us on socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like to leave us a rating and or review, please do so on your favourite podcast platform. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye.